0: Welcome back to the Cowbell Fever podcast. We took some time off this summer, but now that the leaves are down and the frost is in, we're back. We're starting off with a recap of the past few months and a look forward with race director Ben Pop, And we'll have some more content for you in the weeks to come. Thanks, Ben, as usual, uh, for coming on the podcast. And um, the first thing that I want to talk about is just what uh, Berkey has done with warm season events. So we sort of got back into the swing of things this year. And I think you had all of the normal events. I assume they didn't go off completely as normal. But how did that all go?
1: Yeah, you know, we had a really good summer of events. We actually had three in the end of July. We had the Lumberjack Run, which is a smaller event. Uh, We do, it's part of the Lumberjack World Championships and we had about 300 runners. It was sort of our first, again, it's summer, so everything was outside. Uh, but people had a great time. It was, it was fun to get back into, quote-unquote, our first normal event, if you will, or more normal. Again, everything was outside, so it uh, was pretty easy. Then we moved to the Berkey Trail Run, which was end of September. And this year, again, it was the national championship for the half marathon uh, trail, which, I mean, holy bananas, Like the Joe Grays of the world, you watch them run and you're like, that's not human. But uh, so we had this amazing field. We had one of our largest fields ever in total, just over a thousand runners. And it was, I would say, 95% normal. There was no inside spaces because, again, it worked out fairly well. Good weather. So all the vendors were outside. If you went inside the Great Hall, you did have to wear a mask. So we had part of bib pickup inside. If you if you wanted to go inside, you could. Uh, and like I said, just a mask is required. But otherwise, we were able to do everything outside. And then we had a little mountain bike race called the Telmark Ascent, and that went off uh, two weeks later. And that was really similar in terms of the COVID precautions. Now the difference with those from the Berkey and some of the other ones, of course. You can park on site. There's no busing. It's not the middle of winter. So, you know, we can get into some of those as we look forward. But um, from a summer event, we were really fortunate. Had uh, good, you know, people are excited to get back to these sort of quote unquote normal events and uh, they went off really well.
0: And you haven't seen any, at least, Berkey related spikes up there having your events. People have been pretty good about being vaccinated and not, not coming if they're sick.
1: Yeah, you know, we've honestly been really fortunate. People have been, I think, really respectful of wanting to keep the community safe. You know, that started all the way with last year's Berkey when people were really supportive of all the precautions. And, you know, we've been working actually um, uh, really closely with the health department as, as we have been now for a couple years. We were super excited at the end of Berkey last year when Dr. Osterholm was really complimentary of what we did to host a safe race. That made us feel really good and that we were making the right adjustments as needed. So that as we move forward, I think we can take with us what we learned what we know more about the virus now, and yeah, we're we're ready. I'm telling you, we're ready to let it snow. We finally got some frosty mornings, and uh, let's get the ski season underway.
0: Any upcoming events this fall, up in uh, fall, early winter, in Berkey before the the big races get started?
1: Yeah, you know we actually have two before the first of the year, which <laughs> is a little scary when you think about snow. Normally, I mean, we normally think about having pretty good ski in here by mid to late December. This year, we're going to have two events before December 12th, which really is going to showcase, hopefully, our snowmaking. But we've since we purchased Telmar, we reopened a bunch of the World Cup trails by the Berkey start line. And we now have um, over five kilometers a trail that just one got homologated so that we're going to be doing some Continental Cups on. But two, it also has the infrastructure for snowmaking. We have power pipe pedestals in and some water lines. So... We are eagerly awaiting some cold temperatures to fire up our snow guns. We have uh, here waiting and ready. We've tested them out actually two days ago. If you went on the trail cam, you see there was some snow up at Berkey Trailhead. And we fired them up the other night just to test them, which was kind of fun as part of the CXE Coaches Conference. And so over Thanksgiving, we're going to have a little ski festival. We're calling it the Turkey Berkey. All of the ski manufacturers are going to be here with demos, boots, poles, skis some wax you can come out and try and so that'll be friday saturday sunday after thanksgiving and so all that's required is that you have an all-access ski pass and if you don't have a ski pass you can buy what we call the turkey berkey pass it's just for three days and then so that'll be pretty exciting I i think we're already heard from a bunch of teams that'll be here people want to try new gear similar to what happens at west yellowstone but just sort of a midwestern feel on most likely artificial snow and then the second event, which is the Gichigami Games, which is a youth JNQ. This year is also going to be a Super Tour, which is one of the last qualifying races for the Olympics. It's going to be December 10, 11, 12. We're going to host a sprint, a mass start, and an individual start. It'll be pretty cool because it's not only going to be the, you know, the most elite athletes trying to get their way to Beijing, but also probably 400-ish plus kids as part of the JNQ. So, we're excited. I mean, I'm honestly, I'd be remiss to say I'm not a little nervous. It's really early, but that's why we have the snowmaking capabilities we do, and uh, we're hopeful that uh, we'll be ready for that. We need at least two and a half k by then, which I'm, I'm pretty confident we can do along with some with a stadium. But you know, Mother Nature, <laughs> she drives the show, and so if she doesn't give us some 32 degree nights or below, obviously, then then it'll be tougher. But those are two early events that we think are pretty exciting to get people. Out training and fired up. I mean, Berkey registrations are doing really strong. We're on pace with our record year of 2020 right now. And interestingly enough, if I were to say there's one demographic that's lagging behind of all of them, it's 50 to 65. Interestingly enough, those that have and those that have skied hmm. multiple Berkeys. So you know, we're confident that those are folks that are just uh, you know they've skied the Berkey a bunch and they're waiting to register whenever they want to, obviously. But we're now we're over the 80% full mark. A bunch of the waves are full, and it's really starting to feel that big snowball starting to roll and back to a Berkey that I think is going to be much more normal. And, and I think that also leads itself to why some of those demographics of people might have waited. They, they want to know what some of the changes might look like or the adjustments might look like before they register because – they're, they want to skew a, a more normal Berkey, perhaps, and they want to know what that might look like. So hopefully we can continue to keep people up to date as those things evolve. But uh, who knows? It seems to change by the day.
0: The Telmark land, that, that sale closed within the past year or so?
1: Yes. we um, So we closed on Telmark in February of 2021. Excuse me. It all kind of gets a little uh, pandemic-y mm-hmm. there. But, so yeah, just as past February, we closed um, on the property. And then as part of that we got an idle site grant from the state of wisconsin and so we removed the old telmark lodge so if you haven't been there since mm, june i guess or july it's it's amazing uh it's uh, the building is gone and there's a huge park essentially we left a couple of the elevator shafts some people call it berkey hinge or telmark hinge but if you haven't been there i'd highly recommend uh, checking it out and we've been working with lhb they're a land planning firm out of the twin cities berkey folks of course And they've been amazing. They've helped us lay out the future of the venue. First and foremost, we want to make sure that the venue works for daily skiing and biking and hiking and running and those sorts of things. And then the other things that support that can fit in there as puzzle pieces. So our crew, along with LHB, put together, I think it's an awesome plan. If you go to our website, I believe the master plan is on the website and uh, you can check it out. But uh, our hope is that we are actually start to break ground on some of this stuff as early as next summer, but things like more snowmaking, uh, roller ski loop, additional um, uh, easier trails. As many, you know, I mean, there's so much hard terrain that's up there that one of our goals is to really look at making some easier terrain. A new building, which is going to be in the neighborhood of 10,000 square feet that's going to have a little tap room, cafe, gear rental in it, um, as well as some meeting space and the like. And we're in the process of working through a federal grant right now, actually. It's um, part of the CARES Act, and that could help fund. They're their, their sending dollars towards outdoor tourism. So it's a really good fit. We've just launched our capital campaign, and uh, so we're excited. I mean, I think bringing back... Tellmark to be a centerpiece of the Berkey lifestyle and everything that goes with it is uh, is important to us and we think it's going to be a big part of the sustainable future. So, yeah, it's it, there's never a dull moment.
0: The World Cup trails. Uh, how much of the old trails, the elevator shaft, Wise tracker, does that use, and how much was sort of regraded and expanded to to be homologated for sort of a, a uh, modern type of ski trail? Yeah,
1: we had to build about a thousand of the of the current five k that we now have put together for the competition venue we had to build about uh, a thousand meters so about 1k of it so 4k of it is rebuild of or uh, not rebuilding but sort of rejuvenating if you will taking those old trails that tony and sven vik and the group marty hall had put together and reopening those back up to modern day standards i mean some of those trails were like six and eight feet wide you know Um, If you watch back those old um, uh, races and so now they're they're opened up for modern day skating, making snow on them. And then we added about a kilometer. Brian Fish was just here walking the courses. He's really excited for the sprint course because in 2024 for the World Cup that we're hoping to host as part of the 50th anniversary of the Berkey, we would actually host a sprint on Thursday and then. Everybody that skis the Berkey gets to ski with all the World Cup skiers. They would ski right in front of the Berkey like a wave in front of the elite wave, if you will. So the planning is already beginning around that and the centerpiece of that was getting these trails up for this sprint. And there's a lot of plans and thinking going into 2024 and what would get us there. But step one was the snowmaking trails for these early events, for people to come up and train. And then just start to rebuild the venue as a as like the mecca for skiing in the Midwest.
0: And you said five k of snowmaking. That's something that you have all of the water and all the uh, all the all the pipes in, so that you can fire up the guns as soon as the temperature drops. Yeah,
1: we're waiting for two more guns from HKD right now. We we only well, I don't know if only, but we have five fan guns that we use, and. Um, our piping is a little different than other places. We actually run our pipes above ground in an effort to cool the water a little bit. Um, we pull out of wells instead of a pond and there was six high capacity snow wells that Tony had had on the property. And so for us, it's been more efficient, even though the water is a little bit warmer. We do the soil content here is very, very rocky at Tellmark, And so trying to bore directional bore or put pipes underground was really, really challenged. So The engineers came up with this concept of running pipes above ground. It helps cool because we're running over 3,000 feet from the wells to the first gun. And so it's uh, a little bit of a labor of love. It's definitely more labor intensive than some of the bigger outfits that have everything a little bit more turnkey. But, you know, I'm really proud of the crew that does it. They put a ton of thought and effort and work into it. And we should have, uh, yeah, our goal is to have 5K up and rolling. There's sort of this bigger plan to try and get to 15 Long term, if we ever had to build a course that would be to quote-unquote save the Berkey in in really bad years, that obviously would take a pretty significant amount of money, but that was a part of what went into the the planning around should we or should we not buy that Telmark property. It gives us enough space to be able to do it if uh, uh, we're ever going to go in that direction.
0: And it really makes it feasible to host those high-level events that need to have need to have snowmaking in the ground.
1: Yeah, you just can't bid for much of anything if you don't have snowmaking anymore. It doesn't matter where you are. Because we've seen it, of course, the snowiest places in the world just don't get snow sometimes now. So for us to be able to host this uh, Super Tour Continental Cup in December, we would have never been able to do that, much less... Put a put a bid in with for the World Cup in 2024 uh, without it. So definitely a big part of ski racing now. I mean, we've all watched the World Cups and even some of the the low pit races now that are happening on all artificial snow. And it's pretty crazy uh, when you realize what it takes and to get there. But you know, baby steps.
0: And it extends the season. You know, even even back in the good old days, there were always times when, when you'd have a freak year and you wouldn't have snow on Christmas or you certainly wouldn't have snow on, on, on Thanksgiving. So it gives some gives more opportunity just to get out on the snow.
1: I think so. And it's predictable too. I always think about the high school teams and the new kids that are coming into skiing. Um, there's actually a couple new venues coming into Wisconsin right now. One in Southeast Wisconsin down by Brilliant. And then the one over in Madison that Yuri's doing. And you know, it's, it's hard to get kids excited about skiing if they're just running with poles a whole winter long, you know, they went out to try skiing and gliding. And so I think it's, it's, it's like trying to teach basketball or introduce somebody to basketball and the gym's only there once every other week or something. It just doesn't work. And so I think by creating venues that are reliable is going to really help grow our sport uh, as well.
0: Yeah, I think I remember my freshman year of college, and I'm not going to say what year it was to date myself. Uh, we didn't have snow in the cities until February. And it was just a lot of a lot of running and a lot of time in the van going up to Trollhagen. And uh, and it's nice to have more venues. And I think having it at the Berkey will really really make the Berkey a a centerpiece. Then real snow is just icing on the cake. And hopefully we get a bunch of that this winter. That's right. Absolutely. So speaking of the winter, we got the Berkey, the big event coming up. You know, last year was a lot of us did the virtual Berkeys and then the the folks who showed up. Sounds like it was quite an event, the weather on Sunday, especially. (laughs) Sounds like it went pretty well. So why don't you give us a quick debrief on that and then what we're looking at for 2022.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was, I think it was great, right? The Berkey spirit was what was most important, carried through. We, you know, we had it, for those that did come, uh, it was over five days. I think we had almost 5,000 people that skied virtually, but then the others that did come, I think our largest day was about 1,200. We never had more than about 50 people at a start, Um, and it was sort of self. Reliance on your own part. There were aid stations, but really, that just meant that there was a place that you could get water if you needed to. We really encouraged people to take their own food, and you know, it. uh, I think it worked out pretty great. Everyone parked at the start. There was no busing. It was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and uh, you know, I think that experience of even though there wasn't thousands of cheering people, there was a lot of people that really liked that it wasn't so crazy and busy, and that's actually what led to our Wednesday open track this year. That we decided, hey, there's a lot of people that love skiing the trail, but want to do it in a less chaotic way. And hence, that's uh, the open track this year on Wednesday. So I think that'll that'll be a really, uh, in fact, it's filling up quite quickly. I think there's only a couple hundred spots left in that. And uh, so we'll see how that evolves over time. But I think most importantly, as we look to 2022, we know so much more about the virus and how it spreads. You know, last year, there was a lot of just not even knowing what precautions we needed to take or didn't need to take. And Now what we know about vaccines, what we know about masks, I think we're pretty confident that we're going to be able to have a really, quote unquote, pretty normal event. Um, Working, again, pretty closely with the epidemiologists that are in um, the Twin Cities and even locally, where do they think the virus loads are going to look like at that time? And now the things that we know, how effective a mask is, what vaccines do, that we're going to be able to adjust Um, We know that buses are safe if we wear masks, especially when they're able to be distanced a little bit, and they're really short rides. They're under 15 minutes. We know that we can uh, create changing areas. We know that there's going to be a high vaccination rate. So I would say at this point in time, we're looking at the Berkey 2022 being 95% normal, if you will. Again, some of the obvious uh, adaptations might be things like masks indoors, masks on buses maybe some certain different areas that are vaccinated only folks that allow for some additional freedoms. But uh, all in all, we're finding that, you know, there's so much less transmission with touch, especially outside, that uh, we feel like we're going to be able to create some experiences that are very much more Berkey-like like like they were in 2020 versus 2021. So we're going to hopefully have... One of our first uh, sort of live update Q and A's here coming in early November, and um, we'll definitely let you know so you can push it out through your channels, and that way people can ask questions. With sort of the caveat saying, you know what, we know that it's it's this is what we know right now, but shoot. It could be totally different in January or February, but we feel like we have a good handle on where it is now and want to update people and let them ask questions of that they might have.
0: Vaccinations, are those going to be required or suggested or how? how we not sure yet? Yeah,
1: we're not sure yet. I think uh, there won't, um, like I said, for sure, I think, for sure, how does that sound? Um, the masking thing will be a pretty obvious one, likely indoors. Vaccines, I don't think they'll be mandated at this point in time to be at the event. However, we are looking at ways that it could be that there's certain parts that you have to be vaccinated to be a part of something, which would then allow for a few more freedoms um, in certain areas or who knows. But um, so I would say stay tuned for the update on vaccines and what that might look like, uh, especially since we're involved with the school here. Obviously we need to be very cognizant of we're utilizing their space uh, and bringing upwards of 15 or 20,000 people through it. So. We're working closely with the school district as well as is the public health folks here on, all right, what are some of the scenarios that we might look at? And then making sure we give people plenty of time to know, hey, this is what you're going to need to do this. This is what you're going to need to do that. For instance, busing is pretty easy. It's part of the federal transit system. As long as masks are required, they're required. No questions asked. Other things, obviously, will be up to us as we make those decisions that to keep our community safe and make sure people have a good time.
0: Yeah, and the nice thing is, is I think when the Berkey ran last year, it was really the first big event uh, of any kind to take place anywhere in the country. And since then we've had marathons with busing and, and things like that. One of the big things is that the nice thing about the Berkey is that it's, it's sort of socially distanced by nature uh, once you get on the trail, even as people are cheering. One of the questions: This is just going to be what happens in Hayward, you know, when when people get there. I, I think there's going to be less crowding into the moccasin and maybe more more time spent in places where you're going to be able to be outdoors and not not right on top of each other. I
1: think you're exactly right. I think people will be able to find their level of comfort based on you know their experiences their their, uh, yeah, just level of comfort. And so I think you're absolutely right that we'll be able to create some opportunities for people to stay outside and get a beer, get a brat or whatever. And then those that want to continue to go inside or whatnot, obviously that'll be completely up to them. But again, trying to make sure that we ensure that there's safe uh, opportunities for everybody um, when they're here and the tents, the food stations, all those pieces are what we're kind of looking into now knowing that they're gonna be the ones that are gonna probably be tweaked the most depending on what it looks like at any given time. I know that we're getting excitement from the European travelers now that the borders are going to be open here. I think November 8th, is it? Something like that. Coming up soon. And yeah. um, so we're allowing them to register up until quite a bit later because we want, we love for the Europeans to come. It's an exciting part of the world Opit, open. But we also realize that they can't make a commitment and not knowing if the borders aren't open. So we're going to continue to monitor that to make sure if they are able to travel, we want to be able to welcome them. And so that'll be a bunch of the Berkey, I think, parts of it. It'll just be a... Um, we'll continue to update you as we know more.
0: Yeah, and just making sure that the beer and the brats are outdoors and available. That's that's pretty much the most important part of the race. I
1: know. I hear you. And that is something we can definitely guarantee.
0: Good news on the Berkey. Good news on the beer and brats. Sounds like things are going to be as fluid as they've been, but that we have a good, good handle on what's coming up. It'll be exciting to be up there. And I'm sure we'll talk before then.
1: You got it. Then let look forward to uh, touching base here in a month or two and, and keeping you up to date.
0: Yeah, and I hope the uh, snow flies and the, or, or at least the cold weather comes in.
1: That's right. Cold weather, please. And uh, if they want to bless us with a little extra snowflakes, we'll, we'll never say no to that.
0: Thank you, Ben thanks for listening thanks to katherine carlson for the fiddling and thanks to any patreon supporters we may have patreon.com slash if you want to join the fun and start doing your snow dance stay tuned to berkeyguide.com and stay tuned to the podcast feed for more episodes in the next few weeks